This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Director Mueller, good morning. Your exchange with the gentlelady from California demonstrates what is at stake. The Trump campaign chair, Paul Manafort, was passing sensitive voter information and polar data to a Russian operative. And there were so many other ways that Russia subverted our democracy. Together with the evidence in volume one, I cannot think of a more serious need to investigate. everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, shame on I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, you might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. So now I'm going to ask you some questions about obstruction of justice as it relates to Volume 2. On page 12 of Volume 2, you state, we determined that there were a sufficient factual and legal basis to further investigate potential obstruction of justice issues involving the president. Is that correct? And uh, do you have the citation, ma'am? Page 12, volume 2. And which portion of that page? That is 
we determined that there was a sufficient factual and legal basis to further investigate potential obstruction of justice issues involving the president. Is that correct? Yes. Your report also describes at least 10 separate instances of possible obstruction of justice that were investigated by you and your team. Is that correct? Yes. In fact, the table of contents uh, serves as a very good guide uh, of some of the acts of that obstruction of justice that you investigated, and I put it up on the screen. On page 157 of volume two, you describe those acts, and they range from the president's effort to curtail the special counsel's investigation, the president's further efforts to have the attorney general take over the investigation, the president's orders Don McGahn to deny that the president tried to fire the special counsel and many others. Is that correct? Yes. I direct you now uh, to uh, what you wrote, Director Mueller. The president's pattern of conduct as a whole sheds light on the nature of the president's acts and the inferences that can be drawn about his intent. Does that mean you have to investigate all of his conduct to ascertain true motive? No. And when you talk about the president's pattern of conduct that include the 10 possible acts of obstruction that you investigated, is that correct? When you talk about the president's pattern of conduct, that would include the 10 possible acts of obstruction that you investigated, correct? I, I direct you to the uh, report for how that is characterized. Thank you. Let me go to the screen again. And for each of those 10 potential instances of obstruction of justice, you analyze three elements of the crime of obstruction of justice an obstructive act, a nexus between the act and an official proceeding, and corrupt intent. Is that correct? Yes. You wrote on page 178, volume 2, in your report about corrupt intent. Actions by the president to end a criminal investigation into his own conduct to protect against personal embarrassment or legal liability would constitute a core example of corruptly motivated conduct. Is that correct? Yes. To the screen again, even with the evidence you did find, is it true, as you note on page 76 of volume two, that the evidence does indicate that a thorough FBI investigation would uncover facts about the campaign and the president personally that the president could have understood to be crimes or that would give rise to legal, personal, and political concerns? I, re I rely on the language of the report. Is that relevant to potential obstruction of justice? Is that relevant to potential obstruction of justice? Yes. You further elaborate on page 157, obstruction of justice can be motivated by a desire to protect non-criminal personal interests, to protect against investigations where underlying criminal liability falls into a gray area, or to avoid personal uh, embarrassment. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, I have on the screen. Uh, Is that correct on the screen? Can you, can you uh, repeat the question and now that I have the uh, language on the screen? Is it correct? Uh, as you further elaborate, obstruction of justice can be motivated by a direct desire to protect non-criminal personal interests, yes. to protect against investigations where underlying criminal liability falls into a gray area, yes. or to avoid. Is that true? Yes. And is it true that the impact... Uh, 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 pardon? Can you read the last question? The last question was... I want to make certain I got it accurate. No, the last question was the language on uh, the uh, screen asking you if that's correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, does a conviction of obstruction of justice uh, result potentially in a lot of years of uh, a lot of years of of time in jail? Yes. Well, again, can you repeat the the question just to make certain that I have it accurate? 
does obstruction of justice warrant a lot of time in, in uh, jail yes. if you were convicted? Yes. And is time of the gentlelady has expired. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Uh, let me begin by reading the special counsel regulations by which you were appointed. It reads, quote, at the conclusion of the special counsel's work, he or she shall provide the attorney general with a confidential report explaining the prosecution or declinations decisions reached by the special counsel. That correct? Yes. Okay. Now, when a regulation uses the word shall provide, does it mean that the individual is in fact obligated to provide what's being demanded by the regulation or statute, meaning you don't have any wiggle room, right? I'd have to look more closely at the statute. Well, I just read it to you. Okay. Now, volume two, page one, your report boldly states we determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial, prosecutorial judgment. Is that correct? Uh, I'm trying to find that uh, citation, uh, Congressman. Director, could you speak more directly into the microphone, please? Yes. Thank you. Well, it's volume two, page Mr. Chairman, uh, I'm sorry. It's volume two, page one. It said we determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment. Yes. That's right in the beginning. Now, since you decided under the OLC opinion that you couldn't prosecute a sitting president, meaning President Trump, why did we have all of this uh, investigation of President Trump that the other side is talking about when you knew that you weren't going to prosecute him? Well, you don't know where the investigation is going to lie, and the OLC opinion itself says that you can continue the investigation even though you are not going to uh, indict the president. Okay, well, uh, if you're not going to indict the president, then you just continue fishing, and uh, that's, you know, that's my option. My observation, you know, well, sure, sure you, sure you, my time is limited, sure you can indict other people, but you can't indict the sitting president, right? That's true. Okay. Now, there are 182 pages in raw evidentiary material, including hundreds of references to 302, which are interviews by the FBI, for individuals who've never been cross-examined and which did not comply with the special counsel's governing regulation to explain the prosecution or declination decisions reached. Correct? And where are you reading from on that? I'm reading from my question. <laughs> uh, then could you repeat it? Okay. You have 182 pages of raw evidentiary material with hundreds of references to 302s who were never been cross-examined and which didn't comply with the governing regulation to explain the prosecution or declaration, declination decisions reached. This is one of those uh, areas which I declined to discuss. Uh, okay, I, then let me. And I would direct you to the report itself. Okay. What, well, I looked at the 182 that pages issue. of it. You know, let me switch gears. Mr. Shabbat and I were on this committee during the Clinton impeachment. Now, while I recognize that the independent counsel statute under which Kenneth Starr operated is different from the special counsel statute, he, in a number of occasions in his report, stated that the President Clinton's actions may have risen to impeachable conduct, recognizing 
that it is up to the House of Representatives to determine what conduct is impeachable. You never use the term raising to impeachable conduct for any of the 10 instances that the gentlewoman from Texas uh, did. Is it true that there's nothing in volume two of the report that says that the president may have engaged in impeachable conduct? Well, I, we have studiously uh, kept in the, the center of our investigation the, our mandate. And our mandate does not go to other ways of addressing conduct. Our mandate goes to uh, what uh, developing the report well, and know, turning it, the report into the know, attorney general. With due respect, you know, it's, it seems to me, you know, that there are a couple of statements that you made, you know, that said that this is not for me to decide, and the implication is, is that this is for this committee to decide. Now, you didn't use the word impeachable conduct like Starr did. There was no statute to prevent you from using the word impeachable conduct. And I go back to what Mr. Radcliffe said, and that is, is that even the president is innocent until proven guilty. I, my time is up. Gentlemen's time has expired. The uh, gentleman from Tennessee. Thank you, Mr. Chair. First, I'd just like to restate that Mr. Nadler said about your career, it's a model of rectitude, and I thank you. Based upon your investigation, how did President Trump react to your appointment as special counsel? Again, I uh, send you the report for uh, uh, where that is stated. Well, there is a quote from page 78 of your report, volume two, which reads, when Sessions told the president that a special counsel had been appointed, the president slumped back in his chair and said, quote, oh my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm effed, unquote. Did Attorney General Sessions tell you about that little talk? Uh, I'm not Director, sure. please speak into the microphone. Oh, surely. My, my apologies. Um, I am not certain of the, the person who originally uh, uh, copied that quote. Okay, well, Sessions apparently said it, and one of his aides had it in his notes, too, which I think you had, but, but that's become record. He wasn't pleased. He probably wasn't pleased with the special counsel, and particularly you, because of your outstanding reputation. Correct. Prior to your appointment, the attorney general recused himself from the investigation because of his role in the 2016 campaign. Is that not correct? Correct. Recusal means the attorney general could not be involved in the investigation. Is that correct? That's the effect of recusal, yes. And so instead, another Trump appointee, as you uh, no, Mr. Sessions was. Mr. Rosenstein became in charge of it. Is that correct? Yes. Wasn't Attorney General Sessions following the rules and professional advice of the Department of Justice ethics folks when he recused himself from the investigation? Yes. And yet the President repeatedly expressed his displeasure at Sessions' decision to follow those ethics rules to recuse himself from oversight of that investigation. Is that not correct? That's accurate based on what is written in the report. And the President's reaction uh, to the recusal, as noted in the report, Mr. Bannon recalled that the president was mad, as mad as Bannon had ever seen him, and he screamed at McGahn about how weak Sessions was. Do you recall that from the report? That's in the report, yes. Despite knowing that Attorney General Sessions was supposed to be in, was not supposed to be involved in the investigation, the president still tried to get the attorney general to unrecuse himself after you were appointed special counsel. Uh, is that correct? Yes. In fact, your investigation found that at some point after your appointment, 
quote, the president called Sessions at his home and asked if he would unrecuse himself. Is that not true? It's true. Now, that wasn't the first time the president asked Sessions to unrecuse himself, was it? I know there were at least two occasions. And one of them was with Flynn, and one of them was when Sessions and McGahn flew to Mar-a-Lago to meet with the president. Sessions recalled that the president pulled him aside to speak alone and suggested he should do this unrecusal act. Correct? Correct. And then when Michael Flynn, a few days after Flynn entered a guilty plea for lying to federal agents and indicated his intent to cooperate with that investigation, Trump asked to speak to Sessions alone again in the Oval Office and again asked Sessions to unrecuse himself. True? Uh, I refer you to the uh, report for that. Page 109, volume 2. Thank you, sir. Do you know of any point when the president personally expressed anger or frustrations at Sessions? I'd have to pass on that. Do you recall, and I think it's at page 78 of volume 2, the president told Sessions, you were supposed to protect me. You were supposed to protect me, or words to that effect. Correct. And is the attorney general supposed to be the attorney general of the United States of America or the consigliari for the president? Uh, United States of America. Thank you, sir. In fact, you wrote in your report that the president repeatedly sought to convince Sessions to unrecuse himself so Sessions could supervise the que investigation in a way that would restrict its scope. Is that correct? Well, I rely on the, uh, the report. How could Sessions have restricted the scope of your investigation? Uh, well, I'm not going to uh, speculate. Uh, if he, uh, quite obviously, if he took over or was uh, attorney general, he would have greater latitude in his actions that uh, uh, would uh, enable him to do things that otherwise he could not. On page 113, you said the president believed that an unrecused attorney general would play a protective role and could shield the president from the ongoing investigation. Regardless of all that, I want to thank you, Director Mueller, for your life of rectitude and service to our country. It's clear from your report and the evidence that the president wanted former Attorney General Sessions to violate the Justice Department ethics rules by taking over your investigation and improperly interfering with it to protect himself and his campaign. Your findings are so important because in America, nobody is above the law. I yield back the balance of my time. Thank the gentleman for yielding back. The gentleman from Ohio. Thank you. Uh, Director Mueller, my Democratic colleagues were very disappointed in your report. They were expecting you to say something uh, along the lines of, here's uh, why President Trump deserves to be impeached, much as Ken Starr did uh, relative to President Clinton uh, back about 20 years ago. Well, you didn't. Uh, so their strategy had to change. Now they allege that there's plenty of evidence uh, in your report to impeach the president, but the American people just didn't read it. And this hearing today is their last best hope to build up some sort of groundswell across America to impeach President Trump. That's what this is really all about uh, today. Now, a few questions. On page uh, 103 of volume two of your report, when discussing the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting, uh, you referenced, quote, the firm that produced steel reporting, unquote. The name of that firm was Fusion GPS, is that correct? And you're on page 103? 103, that's correct, volume two. When you talk about the, the firm that produced the steel reporting, uh, the name of the firm that produced that was Fusion GPS, is that correct? Well, I, I'm not familiar uh, uh, with, uh, with that. I, well, uh, let, you, let me just help you. you. Uh, it it uh, was, it's not, it's not a trick question or anything. It was Fusion GPS. 
Now, Fusion GPS produced the opposition research document wide, widely known as the Steele dossier, and the owner of Fusion GPA was uh, someone named Glenn Simpson. Are, are you familiar with? Uh, this is outside my purview. Okay. Um, Glenn Simpson was never mentioned in the 448-page Mueller report, was he? Well, this is, as I say, it's outside my purview, and it's being handled in the department by others. Okay. Well, he, he was not. Uh, 448 pages, the, the owner of Fusion GPS uh, that did the Steele dossier that started all this, uh, he, he's not mentioned in there. Let me move on. Uh, at the same time uh, Fusion GPS was working to collect opposition research on Donald Trump uh, from foreign sources on behalf of the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee, it also was representing a Russian-based company Prevazon, which had been sanctioned by the U.S. government. Uh, are you aware of that? It's outside my purview. Okay, thank you. One of the key players uh, in the, I'll go to something different. Um, one of the key players in the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting was Natalia Vizinetska, uh, who you described in your report as a Russian attorney who advocated uh, for the repeal of the Magnitsky Act. Uh, Vizinetskia had been working with none other than Glenn Simpson and Fusion GPS since at least early 2014. Um, are, are you aware of that? Outside my purview. Thank you. But uh, you didn't mention that or her connections uh, to Glenn Simpson and Fusion uh, GPS uh, in, in your report at all. Um, let me move on. Now, NBC News has reported the following. Quote, Russian lawyer Natalia Vizinetskia says she first received the supposedly incriminating information she brought to Trump Tower describing alleged tax evasion and donation to Democrats from none other than Glenn Simpson, the Fusion GPS owner. Um, you didn't include that in the report, and I assume no, you're saying that would be a matter outside. being handled by others at the Department of Justice. Okay, thank you. Um, now, your report spends 14 pages discussing the June 9th 2016 Trump Tower meeting. Um, it would be fair to say, would it not, that you spent significant resources investigating that meeting? Well, I, I refer you to the uh, uh, the report. Okay, and, and President Trump wasn't at the meeting. No, he was not. Thank you. Now, in stark contrast to the actions of the Trump campaign, we know that the Clinton campaign did pay Fusion GPS to gather dirt on the Trump campaign from persons associated with foreign governments. Um, but your report doesn't mention a thing about Fusion GPS uh, in it, and you didn't investigate Fusion GPS's connections to Russia. So let me just ask you this. Um, can you see that from neglecting to mention Glenn Simpson and Fusion GPS's involvement with the Clinton campaign, to focusing on a brief meeting at the Trump Tower that produced nothing, to ignoring the Clinton campaign's own ties to Fusion GPS, why some view your report as a pretty one-sided attack on the president? Well, I, have, uh, I tell you, this is still outside my purview. All right. And I, I would just note finally that uh, I guess it's just by chance, by coincidence, that the things left out of the report tended to be favorable to the president. My time's expired. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek security. We support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more 
For Stitcher Smart Radio, Potable, and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. H-E-L-P. 